This is the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 118. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm your host, Monica Louie, and today I've got another great interview heading your way. Now, I've got a question for you. Do you love personality tests? I know I do. I think we all love learning more about why we are the way we are. And my guest today is a personality consultant. But first, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I am Monica Louie, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist. I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served thousands of students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. As you know, they're always changing. Facebook's always changing something. But if you want to stay in the know with all the changes related to Facebook and Instagram ads, join my free email newsletter. When you join at monicalouie.com slash guide, you will get my free Facebook ad starter kit as a bonus. Now, this podcast is all about what it takes to flourish to seven figures, and my guest is someone that I have personally hired in my business to help me better understand myself and my team members. My guest today is the incredible Karen Bemis. After 20 plus years of using information about personalities to raise her children and create an amazing marriage, Karen Bemis decided to help others do the same in their lives and their businesses. Now she works with people around the world to help them find and or develop their superpower, which is sometimes the very thing they think they need to change. It is so fascinating to learn about why we are the way we are, and Karen helps business owners better understand their strengths and their weaknesses in order to flourish in their lives and their businesses. In this interview, Karen shares how knowing about your personality helps your business and your personal life, how to better understand the personalities of others in your life and business, which personality types are better suited for which roles in your business, and this is especially important to think about when hiring. We talk about why she loves the DISC assessment and how to understand your DISC profile, how to use your personality type to be more productive and a whole lot more. This was such a fascinating conversation. But before we dive in, I wanna make sure you know that you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 118. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 118. This was such a fascinating conversation. And I know that you are going to love this conversation with Karen as much as I did. So let's dive right in. Here's my interview with Karen Bemis from kebemis.com. Hey, Karen, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. It's so nice to chat with you again. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I am so happy and excited to be here. So tell everybody who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Karen Bemis, and I always say unfortunate, I know, for this time of, of life to have the name Karen. But anyway, I, I hope I don't fit that. But I am a 
DISC consultant and DISC is a personality model. And what I help people do is I am a personality coach. So I help them work towards their strengths and help them surround themselves with other people who can make up for what I would call perceived weakness. Very cool. And we have worked together. I hired you to first consult with me and one of my key team members, but then also, I mean, that was so insightful. And I said, well, can you do this for everybody? So we had, we did the full disc assessment for the whole team. And then you put together this document that talked about how we kind of communicate with each other, how we can work together, where we kind of fall on the disc chart. Anyway, it was so fascinating. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, sharing all of this with our listeners. So I'm curious how you got into this in the first place. How did you decide to become a personality coach and disc consultant? Well, that actually came out of a relationship that I have with my blogging mentor, who is Kim Anderson, who we both know. And I was blogging about home and hearth. And she found out that I knew about the personality stuff as she called it. And I had just become certified. I've been working with this information for over 20 years, but I waited until my children were older to go get certified to actually become a consultant. And I had, it had been about six months since I'd become a consultant. And so Kim took an assessment with me and she said, this is what you should be doing instead of what you are, you are doing. She's like, if you want to do that for fun, that's great. But this is where your talent really lies. So I started to pivot this direction and I absolutely love it. I love working with people. I always say they come to me in one of three ways, usually personally, professionally, or parenting. Those are the those are the the three paths that usually come to me where they're having some kind of issue or they're stuck somewhere. And so, with this, how have you been able to help business owners grow their business with understanding personalities? What are the benefits of really understanding your personality and your team members' personality? How have you seen that change businesses and their direction? What what I see most often is that when is that people think they have to change to be successful. And I just need to be more this. I just need to be more that. And I always say that's one of my favorite moments when I tell them, no, you don't. And they look really shocked. For example, a couple that I worked with that they own a business and she is very outgoing. He is very reserved. There will be a sales team or there is a sales team. It was, they were in process of creating the business when I was working with them. And he kept saying, I need to be more outgoing so I can do sales. And finally I said, no, you don't, because you're going to hire those kind of people. You get to be that person who's, who can see that person hanging back in the corner, who isn't sure they belong there. And you're going to be able to tell them how they belong in your gym because they're not going to respond to that really outgoing salesperson. And you just saw this light bulb go off. And it was just really exciting to see that where he was like, oh, well, I can just be me and still be successful. The other thing I'm able to do is to help people find people who compliment them. 
So for example, I find a lot of women that I work with, women entrepreneurs in particular, are very strong. They're very task-oriented. Most of them have, uh, there are four components to personality, what we call the D, I, S, and C. That's where we get the disc. And the D people are outgoing and they are very driven. And I find a lot of business women have it that at least some of that in their personality makeup. And what I show them is how people who are different than they are can complement their business and make their business even better. And sometimes it's to say, yes, this person will be great. And the other way I do that is to say, okay, if you hire this kind of a person, this is where you're going to connect, but this may be where you have conflict. And I think that's a big thing is if you understand where you can have conflict before you have the conflict, then you can, you can circumvent that or avoid it or deal with it before it ever happens. However you want to, you want to frame that. Yeah, that makes sense. I know in, in our work together, I mean, it was so eye-opening to just understand. And a lot of my team members have worked with me for a long time. And then when you pointed out their personalities, I was like, oh, yes, that makes perfect sense. And then even my personality, I was like, oh, that's why I'm that way. And it just was like all these light bulbs that were going off that it was like, okay, this is why I see the world differently than somebody else who's, you know, a high S or something like that. So can you first share why DISC? Why did you decide to become DISC certified? Because we know there are other personalities out there, personality tests, Myers-Briggs. What are some other ones? Kobe, other, other ones. The Enneagram is the big, it seems to be the big one right now. And There are many, I'm not going to say all, but there are many of them that have a lot of value. It's just the disc spoke to me because I, I felt like it was simple enough that I could remember it. For example, with the Enneagram, I can never remember what my numbers are and what the numbers mean. I don't know why, but disc stick, it stuck for me. Same with Myers-Briggs. I felt like for me, it was great at understanding myself. But what I loved about the disc is it helped me understand other people. And, you know, you were talking about the the chart that we use, we call a team chart. And for a while, my children kind of resisted taking the assessment themselves because, you know, I'm mom, they, what does mom know? Right. But I finally asked them, I said, you know, for my business, when I made this, my business, I said, I'd like to have a chart for our family and to see, and to see it in print like that. Like you said, it's very eye-opening. My entire family is reserved and most of my family is very task-oriented. I'm very outgoing and I'm very people-oriented. So I already knew that because of dealing with the disc, but for them to see it, it made it a lot clearer for them, which was really kind of cool. So they're like, oh, that's why mom's this way you know, kind of thing too. And so the same thing, it translates to business really well. Like, like you said, to be able to see where people are, like you share, you share that C, which is a a very, we call it the cautious personality, but it's just, it's people who love details and they tend to be more reserved, but you had other people on your team that shared that with you, but because of their mixture being different, it shows up differently. You know, like you said, you could understand why you see the world that way. Then you also understood why, 
okay, this is why I, I can get along with them this way. Oh, but this is why they feel this way. And I feel this way, you know, because you've got some of the D in your personality and they've got some of the S. So it's, it's just a different way of looking at the world. Like you say. Yeah. So this is, it's kind of got its own language. So let's break down, <laughs> let's break down the, the disc. And as you touched on, you can have kind of some or all of these in your personality. Mm-hmm. Is it more common to have maybe two as opposed to three or four or just one? What is, what is the most common kind of combination that you see? If I remember correctly, and I'm not the greatest with the st- with statistics, is that most most people are a mix of two, what they say is two or more. It is less likely that you're all one or the other, although I have had people like that. And there is a very small percentage of people that are what we call a level blend, which means they're pretty much evenly D, I, S, and C, which is really interesting. So the D's and are tend to be more driven and decisive. They're, they're driven, decisive doers is what we call them. The eyes tend to be interested, intrigued, and the S's are sweet, stable, and supportive. And the C's are cautious. And the word I use is calculating, but I don't mean that in a negative connotation. It's just, they're always thinking. And they're always thinking of scenarios and, and details. And it's, it's amazing the way their minds work. And I'm married to someone who, who is a fairly high C. So it's interesting to see how his work, his brain works versus mine. And we laugh about it all the time just because of that. But that's, that's the way it's set up. And there are, let's see, there are 41 different personality combinations and 24,000 plotting points on, on the chart that, that we, that we show you the, the graph that we show you. So there's a lot of play within that of where people, even if they have the same personality type, they could still be somewhere different on the plotting point. So similar, but still different. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. And then we've got the different sides too, because we have the more outgoing personalities and then we have the more reserved personalities. Are those the right terms? Correct. That is correct. And we use, we use those terms on purpose because instead of extroverted and introverted, and it was really funny because I said to someone once, she goes, I'm not an introvert. And I said, no, but you're reserved. And she goes, what do you mean by that? And I said, it means that when you're comfortable with someone, you can be what someone might call an extrovert, but not until you're comfortable. That's why you're reserved. And she's like, that's definitely how I am. Where we say outgoing people, and that's the D and the I personality, they tend to be more outgoing. And then the S and the C are more reserved, where the D and the C are more task oriented, and the I's and the S's are more people oriented. So then that makes the D outgoing and task oriented. It makes the I outgoing and people oriented. The S is reserved and people oriented and the C is reserved and task oriented. So if you put like an I high I person, what we call a high I and a high C together, if they don't understand how the other one thinks you are in for conflict and resentment and whatever else you can think of the same with an S and a D 
And I always say the the great joke is if you are a combination, you tend to marry somebody that you share one personality trait with, which very often means that you also have your secondary traits are opposite. So <laughs> this is why understanding that is really important because I have that. I, I'm an I'm an ISD. My husband is an SC. So neither one of us likes conflict, but I do everything by feeling. He does everything by thinking. And when we, until we learned that about each other, it was, we were great. We were great compliments until we were under stress. And that's where all that comes to a head is when you're under stress. It's so fascinating because I can see this in my own marriage where, you know, my husband and I are kind of similar where we're analytical, but he, I think he hasn't taken the disc yet, but I think he's higher on the S side where I'm, we've done my, my assessment, you and I, and Mm -hmm. I'm a high C, would we say CD because C C comes first. So I'm, I'm high on the D side, but not as high as the C I've got more C. So, so break that down. What is, what does CD mean? Just for people can understand my personality. (laughs) Okay. And what that, what, what I saw with your personality is that being a higher C means you're, you are very analytical. You're very, you're great with facts. You prefer to live by facts, but I'm guessing, and I, I could be wrong. If your husband is on the S side, that you make most of the decisions because not because he doesn't care, but he doesn't care to make that decision where you want to make the decision and move forward. (laughs) And if you don't make it, it may not get made, you know, and that's what I I tell people. But the fact that you both have that analytical side, the other thing I say about C's is C's tend to live life by a set of rules and, it's funny because I, I know see people who will get along really well because they like to live by those rules. But if your rules don't agree, that's when you can have conflict. So, so I would imagine in your home, if you both have that C trait, you probably have rules. You know, I know you've got some kids, so you've probably got rules for your kids and rules for the house and, and not that it's overly done, but it just brings comfort to the house for you to have yeah. this set of rules of, you know, even if you have sitters or, or nannies or whatever, you're like, okay, here's the rules of the house. They have to come home and do their homework. Before, you know, they can have a snack, but they have to do their homework before they can turn on any screens or whatever it happens to be. And that knowing that that's the way things are brings comfort to a C person. Yeah. That's where, so like, true. where like, if your husband's more on the S side than the C side, he would be more likely to be relaxed about those rules where, because you're on the D side, you're going to be a little more stringent and you're going to be the person who's like, no, 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 these are the rules. This is what we do. (laughs) And he'd be like, eh, it's a Friday. You know, (laughs) he could be more likely to be that person. It is like you've been in my house, Karen. (laughs) This is so true. So yes. So we, I mean, for my husband and I, I tend to make more decisions because he knows that I feel more strongly about those decisions than he does. And he's more kind of relaxed, more chill, kind of go with the flow. 
but we do have rules in our house and I am the one that is like, but it is a school night. And so, and the kids need showers. They need to get to bed on time. We don't have time for another game or whatever, you know? And so, so it, it is, it is very much that way in our house. It's just so interesting because I remember about the rules you explained that I, you know, I like rules until I disagree with them, which is so true because I am a rule follower to the T, but if I question a rule or why do we have that rule, then I can be a little bit like, "Mm, let's break the rules. Kind of like, I think that kind of led to me becoming an entrepreneur is that I was following the path. I was doing all the right things. You know, I went to school and I got my job, but then I saw that it didn't really align with how you know, I thought I should be able to live my life or at least have the flexibility around my schedule as my priorities shifted when I started having a family. And so then that's why I kind of, you know, decided to kind of break the rules and figure out a way to go out on my own. So it's just very, as you were explaining my personality to me, so many light bulbs went off. And I think this is so important that, you know, like you said, it gives people the permission to be themselves. And so you can show up in your business confident as the person you are and that you are that way for a reason. And it is not good. It is not bad. But, you know, there is a reason why we have these personalities. So can you, where, do, where do these personalities come from, though? I mean, is this something, did I get my personality from, you know, my parents, from my grandparents? Is it genetic? Is it nature-based? Is it kind of a combination of both? Do you know that? Like where you know, why, why did I become a high C, (laughs) a CD? Well, you know what? I, I see these tendencies and it's funny because I, I saw this and this is part of why I really got into this to begin with, not as a business, but just to understand, because like I say, I'm an ISD. My husband has like little to no D and then we had our first child and this child the minute he could stand up, he ran, if that makes sense. And it was like straight ahead. He was just so determined at two months old, he would scream because he wanted to be sitting up instead of laying down because he wanted to see, wanted to be involved. He wanted to be on the go. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on with this child? And by the time he was two, I even said to my husband at one point, if we don't keep this child on the right path, He's going to just, you know, we'll never get him back if he goes on the wrong path. And that's just about the time I started learning about this. Mm. So I think that those tendencies are there. And I think a lot of it is how we deal with them as to how they're going to manifest later, because I think you can raise kids to be, I think we all kind of, like I said, I think we all have the natural tendencies and it's how far we go into that. You know, I always... And I still say this, which my son, my oldest son, he, to this day, he will not let his brothers, he will never let his brothers win at anything if he can help it. (laughs) That's just who he is now, because we, I think partially because we raised him this way to say, you know, sometimes you have to let the other people win. He's not that way with his own daughter. He's a little more, he will let her win at things, you know, but it's, it's a departure for him. And he'll tell you, it's not always easy to let her win at things because he's very competitive, you know? And I think that's always been there where then I had my second child and interestingly, 
they share a personality type, but my second one is he's been more reserved from the day he was born. Truth was, I thought there was something wrong with him because he was so laid back, you know, because the first one walked at eight months and I mean, he was just on the go. And so you see these personalities when they're little and when you know this, I think you can cater to it without being manipulative. And that was always my big thing is I didn't want to manipulate them because I understood their personalities, but I could help them succeed because I understood their personalities, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how do we, I mean, how, how does understanding others' personalities help us, especially, you know, we've talked a lot about growing my team and kind of where, you know, what different roles, what different personalities may fit different roles. So how, how can we use this to our advantage, but also better improve communication, but without feeling like we're coming across manipulative, like you said? Well, I I think a lot of it is, and and I'll just speak from my own, you know, from my own experience, understanding people, you know, I I used to work in a media department. Well, media people, if you know them, we tend tend to be more outgoing. We tend to be, yet you'll have some who aren't. But we have to take all of our receipts and things that we do to the accounting people who tend to have a very different personality. And there was a woman one time and she would just like roll her, almost roll her eyes every time anybody from our department walked into her office. And so one day I just said to her, I said, am I doing something wrong? And she said, well, it depends on who you talk to. I said, okay, I'm talking to you. (laughs) And she said, if you would just, I forget what it was she wanted me to do with my receipts. She said, if you would just do that, it would make our job so much easier. And I was like, okay. And she looked at me really funny. And I was, I was like, what? And she's like, like, you're going to do it. And I said, no, I'll do it. And it, it was something that if I remember, it was a way I sorted it or something. It took me like a minute. She didn't scowl at me when I walked in her office anymore. So understanding that just to make her task easier, made her life easier. And it made my life easier. You know, it can be little things like that, but then it's also, you know, like I say, the heads of companies tend to have that D personality and for you all to understand that while the I can pivot really quickly with you, you know, if you're going to pivot and do something different, those S's and those C's, they need a little more time to adjust you know, and they need to be able to ask questions and they're not always good at asking questions publicly. So if you say in a meeting, anybody got any questions, they're not going to be that person unless they're feeling particularly, like you said, with the rules. If it's something you really are questioning, then you might speak up where someone who's like a CS or an SC, that would be so difficult for them. Where if you know that, then you can say in a meeting, anybody have any questions? And then you can say, if anybody comes up with any questions, just shoot me an email, Mm -hmm. you know, and that gives them that opening an opportunity to participate in the way that works for them. And then they're not, you know, where if they only have to speak up in a meeting, they may have something to contribute, but they're not comfortable doing that. And you may lose out on their good idea. So knowing that you get more information which really helps and it helps people come together. Also for me, I, <laughs> I, 
I like to talk to people. I love people. I'm an IS. People are my thing. I didn't know this as a younger person that when you have a C or a D personality and they are in task mode, don't bother them. (laughs) I had to learn that, you know, where you as a, as a CD, you're like, you're the one that's like looking down at your desk, not paying attention to somebody like me going, I wish she would go away. (laughs) But so when we understand that, I'm like, I know to say, are you busy? You know, is this a good time? I had to learn that where it was like, anybody walked in my office. I'm like, sure. It's a good time. You know, whatever, where, you know, I, I work a lot with one of your, you know, one of the people that, that you've worked with and, you know, and she said to me one time, how are we even friends? I said, because I understand that you need me to be quiet sometimes. And you understand that I'm going to go talk to somebody else because I need to talk. You know, so it's those, sometimes it's a little thing and sometimes it ends up being a big thing. And you, you make sure that people end up in positions where they understand other people and they don't get resentful. And I think that's, I think that's huge. Yeah. It's so important. It's so important. And, and really it is, you know, the nature, but then just having this awareness of other people's different personalities and that people are going to react to different situations in different ways and being, being understanding of that, I think really goes a long way and asking those questions. Like you, like you said, you know, to find out what is the sticking point? What can I do differently? Why is it that you scowl at me every time I walk in your office (laughs) to hand in my, my papers, having that understanding really can go a long way. So when you, when you put together the reports for me and for my team members, there, there were two sides of it, kind of, there was, there was, you know, who we naturally are, but then there was the side of who we are in a more public setting, who we are more on the external as we kind of interact with the world. And it showed how our levels on the disc scale, you know, the DISC scale kind of shifted a little bit. So I think when I'm around people, I think my D is a little bit higher or I'm a little bit more outgoing. Maybe I have a little bit more S as well. And so how, how can you speak to that as to, you know, the differences and the nuances there and, and what you see in reviewing, you know, everybody's personalities, what you see is more common. Do, do naturally, you know, reserved people become a little bit more outgoing in that situation or what have you learned from studying those? Well, I don't know that they become more outgoing. For example, when, when we go to a party, my husband and I, he sits in a corner. Now he's not unhappy to sit there. That's where he prefers to be. And I've had people say, is he okay? I'm like, he's fine. I'm like, if you want to talk to him, he'll talk to you. He just doesn't do that. You know, he just, he doesn't schmooze or, you know, and, and, they laugh at us when our, you know, when there's big family gatherings, my family goes and sits in a corner. And as my one sister-in-law says, they sit there and you work the room. And now they're happy to talk to anyone who wants to come to them. They're just not going to go to somebody else. But I think the really important thing to remember, and I say this to a lot of people is that, and I love this analogy. It's like, we all own four hats, right? We all own the D, the I, the S and the C hat. We all have at least a little bit of each one and we can wear all of the hats. It's just, some of them are more comfortable than the others. 
Mm. And if you have to wear the hat that fits, that doesn't fit as well for a long time, it can be exhausting. For example, for me, I said, if anybody ever saw me plan for a vacation, they would think I was a really high C because I have lists and I have, I print things out and I'll, I'll even create a folder or a binder, depending on how big the, the vacation is with everything we're going to do, all the receipts. And I look so incredibly organized and I am, but for the C personality, that brings them joy, you know, to have all of that information right at their fingertips. I literally do that because I would be the one that gets off the airplane and they're like, okay, where are we staying? And I'm like, I don't know, some Hilton somewhere, you know, I mean, I would be that person. <laughs> so I, I dip into the sea area so that when we're on our vacation, I don't upset all of my very detail loving family. So I think that's, that's an important thing to know, but staying in that place for a very long time is really hard for me where the same thing for my husband, if he has to be around people and talk to people for a long time, it's very difficult for him because he's very reserved where like you, you have the, you have the outgoing trait, but I would imagine, I mean, I know you go to like, what was it? I know you were just at one of the podcast conventions. I'm sure when you come back from that, because you're a CD, not a DC, you probably needed a little downtime. And you're like, can I, I just got to go be by myself for a little while <laughs> or in your room or whatever. I, I know a lot of people who are task oriented. They're like, well, I like it. I just need to take a step back and be alone for a little bit. It's so true. Yeah. And people, you know, on the introverted versus extroverted scale, I get people because they see me at those settings at conferences, they think that I am extroverted because I really love going to conferences and engaging with people and interacting with people. But I feel like I am much more of an introvert because I do need that downtime. I need the break to go be by myself in my room or, you know, when I'm at home even, and my, you know, my kids are running around, I need that space to just go be by myself for a little bit and, you know, recharge and then go engage again. So that definitely is so true where I love, I love that interaction and I look forward to it and I get excited about it. But I also know that it is okay to give myself that little bit of space to go take a break, go get a breather, you know, go take a nap if I need it or whatever, but just step away and, and be by myself for that time period, time being. And then I can, you know, go back out and, and continue interacting and having fun. Right. And that's, you know, I say that my, my mom still remarks about my, my middle son. He is of my three kids. He is my, my most reserved child. And when he was about two or three, I can't remember which year it was, but we were at my mother-in-law's for Christmas Eve and my husband's the baby of nine. So my grand, my children are grandchildren number 25, 26, and 27. And by the time we were having kids, the next generation was being born. So a lot of people, and he was about two years old and he crawled under, I was sitting at the dining room table and he crawled under the dining room table and sat on my feet. (laughs) I think he just needed a moment, you know, he just needed to be away from everybody and have a moment, but he wanted to be connected to me. So, you know, that's where I say sometimes that stuff shows up when there's, when people are so young. So if if you know, somebody has that, 
you know, you just try to give them that space. And again, and she knows I use her as an example all the time, Chrissy, that, that you work with, Mm -hmm. we were just roommates at a blog retreat and there were times, you know, I, I, she sat over in the corner working on her stuff. She was, you know, head down and I'm, I just kind of left her alone. And I would, you know, I'd say, you going to, do you want lunch? You know, things like that. And if she said, I'm just going to stay here, I'm like, fine, cool. I'll go with somebody else or whatever. And it's having that understanding. I really enjoyed rooming with her. As far as I know, she enjoyed rooming with me. I'm assuming she did because she had offered to drive me to the airport, which she didn't have to do. You know, it and it broadens your it it broadens who you can bring into your circle because people don't find you offensive in some way. I have a sister-in-law the same way, who's very task oriented. And she's the one I had the light bulbs about. And I actually went and asked her and I said, look, I I hope you don't get offended, but I have to ask you this. I said, you know, when I was in in your house the other day and she literally just walked out of the room on me and went and got her laundry and stayed in the basement. And I said to her, when we were standing there, I said, now uh, I'll get to this, but I said, I was standing there thinking, how rude, doesn't she see she has a guest? And I said, and I just realized from when I learned this stuff, that you were in the basement thinking, how rude, doesn't she see I have things to do? And she said, exactly. Wow. And it was, it was mind blowing. Cause I was like, oh, here I'm being offended because I'm her guest and she's being offended because she's got work to do. So it was just really this huge revelation. And she said that later. And she's like, how are we, we're so different. How are we so close? And we don't like pal around, but we really like each other. And I said, because you keep me grounded and I lift you up. And that's kind of how it is because she's very task minded. I'm very people minded. She can be, you know, tend to be a little more on the pessimistic side. I'm an eternal optimist. And so we just kind of balance each other out. And it, it is, it is, it's so powerful that that was like one of my most powerful moments was realizing literally how she thought differently than I did. So true about the same situation. So I would love to know if we can kind of go through a rundown of, you know, typical, typical roles in businesses like we have. So we've got the the CEO, which you said is normally at least got some D I'm, I'm a high C D. And so I've got some D the CEO is, is going to be that driven person. What about the, the administrative or executive assistant? What kind of personality would be typical in that role? Very often you're going to, your support people are going to be your S's. They, they don't want to be out front. They don't want to be that person. They want to be the support person and it makes them happy. They feel successful when the person they're working with or for is successful. Now, very often that D wants that C person because they will attend to details that the D person can miss. The other thing is, you know, if, for example, you have a DC or a CD and you have a sales department, your sales department is going to have more of the I personalities in it. The people who are the face of your business can often be the, the I personalities. If it's a lot, I mean, in your case, and, and your organization is not huge. 
So you are, you are still the face of your organization. If you were larger, you know, if you were a larger company of, you know, 50, 60 people and you needed salespeople, they may have more of that I personality where that can become again, where it can, I've seen this happen in so many companies where the sales department and the accounting department are often at odds because the salespeople, if they're the I personality and they're out there meeting all the people, they're not turning in the required paperwork. And without the required paperwork, the, you know, the C accountants can't bill anybody. So you, you, there's always this like little tug going on, you know, that it just happened recently, a company with my husband's own company, there was a, a an agreement that when he travels that he's supposed to sign and the agreement was never carried out. It was never finalized. And the poor woman in HR was like, I need an agreement. And my husband's like, I don't have one to give you. <laughs> you know? And she's like, how am I supposed to pay you? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so, you know, just working those things out sometimes gets to be, you know, a big deal. And, that's why it's so important to understand what's really important to, to each piece in each person, you know, and to understand where the possible conflicts can come in. Yeah. I remember you, you mentioned as we were reviewing my team and, and the individual personalities. And I remember you said for one of my team members that, you know, little notes to help with remembering the details of, you know, this step, then do this or something like that would be really helpful. And I remember we implemented that and it has been super helpful. And so where, you know, some details, because I'm thinking one person specifically, she's trying to go fast and get things done that because she has those little reminders now, you know, of details that she has missed that she's not missing them anymore. And so we've been able to kind of plug that hole and come up with a solution with your help because we knew to watch out for that. And then we knew to address it, that it wasn't, it wasn't because she wasn't being careful or because she wasn't trying to do a good job. It was just because for her personality, details like that are going to be easier to miss. So mm -hmm. that's where it's it's been really helpful in my business to understand these things. And then we just come up with solutions when there are things like that. So for the, the people that are very outgoing and those high eye personalities, they may not be as attentive to the details or the paperwork that the high C's would like that are much more analytical and, and detailed. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it, and I remember that conversation and, and saying that to you, and I, I said the same thing in blogging there, I, there were things that Kim would go, how, how did I miss that? You weren't doing that. And I'm like, I don't know. And so now every time Kim, like I'm learning a new skill, Kim makes a checklist. And I always tell people if in her blogging groups, I'm like, if you get a checklist, you're welcome. <laughs> because odds are it, it, she gave it to me first. And it's, you know, it's not that I don't want to do those. It's that I literally don't think about them. And so like I work in Trello a lot. I have a checklist in Trello of everything I need to do when I write a blog post or I do a podcast. And, <laughs> and this is the thing I tell, this is why I, I tell this story because task oriented people look at me and go, really? And I said, it doesn't matter. I've, I have a couple hundred blog posts. I still have to look at that list and check every single thing off every, every single time <laughs> because I will forget. 
You know, even though I've done it 200 times, I'll still forget something because those details just slip my mind. However, I will be that person. And the guy who trained me with DISC said this in a meeting or when he was training us. And he said, you know, we're laying in bed one night and all of a sudden my wife sits straight up in bed and she and I share a personality type. And she goes, oh, no. And he he looked over toward me. I said, whose birthday was it? And he said, said, it was, he couldn't believe it. He was like, he's like, I hear this. I hear people say this and it still blows my mind. How do you know it was somebody's birthday? And I said, because I've done the same thing. You know, we're horrified if we, if, if we miss a person, but we'll miss it. We'll miss a detail. You know, it just happens. So it's making peace with that. And then understanding, like you say, you made, you, you have the reminders for the details now for, for the person who's, and I'm sure she's amazing at her job, especially when she can check off all those boxes, you know, it makes her more efficient and she's got to love that too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's worked great for us. And so now I don't get upset if something's missed. I'm just like, and she's now she's already on it. She's like, I already made myself a note. So this will not happen again. I will remember this next time. And so she's already on, on top of it. And I love it. And me, I mean, I'm as the CD or maybe it's just my C in me, but I love a good checklist. I mean, I, I geek out over checklists. I like crossing things off and I love the details. And so I would, I am definitely the person who is like every little intricate detail. Let's get in the checklist because then we don't have to worry that somebody's going to miss it. So I'm always looking out for those things, but I, I just geek out about it. I love it. And maybe, maybe the high eyes don't love the the checklist as much as I do, but well, and I always say, that's okay. it's, you love it. We need it. <laughs> there you go. And, and you that's, go. that's really what it comes down to is that, you know, and that's where I say we can really learn from each other because if I can go to somebody who's doing something really well that I want to do now, like you say, your list might be a little more detailed than I need it to be, but then I'll just adapt it. You know, say, I don't need to do this every time, you know, for example, I know people <laughs> when they do a blog post. And I laugh about this because they put their affiliate disclosure in on every blog post. And I finally went to, you know, um, we call him the Grayson Bell, who is very, he's very well known in, in our circles. And yes. I said, is there a way that I don't have to do this every time? And he's like, sure, I can just put it here. And it'll, every time you do a, you do a blog post, it'll just put it right here. And I was like, do it. <laughs> So I don't have to think about it. So where they want to have that control, I don't want to have to think about it. So it's just, it's just a difference in how we go about it. We both still get our affiliate disclosure in our blog posts, but they want to have the control of sometimes I'm going to put it here. Sometimes I'm going to put it here. I'm like, just make sure it's on the page, you know, and it works, you know, so that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody who wants to do that. If that makes them happy, yay. But for me to not have to think about it and have it on a checklist, that makes me even happier. So what about the other role I'm thinking about is customer service. It's such a huge part, especially as course creators, program creators, customer service, responding to emails, helping people get access to things. What kind of personality is more ideal, more in line with a a customer service role? For the most part, I think there needs to be some kind of people orientation in there. Just like you wouldn't want a high I unless they absolutely love numbers. You wouldn't necessarily want a high I in charge of your billing because it may not happen. 
you know, because they don't have that detail orientation. But on a customer basis, if you're an I or an S, at least have that in your in your makeup. You care about the people and you care about, you don't just care about the people on the other end of the phone. You also care about the people that you're working for. So you can balance that sometimes where, and and I don't, again, I don't mean this as any kind of a, it's not a criticism. It's just where the, the C person or the D person is going to be like, that's the policy. There's no give. And that can cause a customer service issue. Now, the person who's people oriented may have to say the same thing. They'll just say it differently. And they'll, they, they will be, they will tend to be more empathetic mm-hmm. and to say, I know this is, I know this is really hard, but we really do have this policy. And unfortunately I can't do anything about it. And they may say, well, who can, and then hopefully you have a policy in place where it's like, well, you can send an email to this person or whatever, or to say, there's really no one to, to send it to or whatever, but they will show some compassion there that will at least make the person on the other end of the phone or the other end of the email or whatever feel heard. And I think that could be a, a big component in that is I, I hear where you're coming from and I, I understand that you're frustrated. I understand that you're, and, and they mean it. That's the other thing. Anybody can say, if there's a script, anybody can say it, but it will come across. If you've got a people oriented person, it'll come across more genuine, I think in, in general. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. I was, I was chatting with a friend the other day and we were talking about, you know, writing emails and sending emails. And I, I start off when I'm writing an email, I start off answering the question or getting to the point, or here's what I'm requesting, or, you know, just very, here's to the point. But then I know, I know that I want to be more friendly than that. And so then I, you know, I write what I'm, what, the goal is of the email, but then I write the niceties of like, Hey, how's it going? Hope you're doing well, da, 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 you know, and then the, the sign off of have a great day, have a great weekend. You know, I add those things in because I want it to be more conversational and I don't want it to just be like, here's what I need. So I, but I know that about myself. So I make sure to take those steps, but it sounds like, you know, that could be a reflection of my personality too, that I'm very mm-hmm. task oriented to the point, but I do know that about myself and I want to come across, you know, friendly in a friendly way. And so I, I make that effort, but I, I get it off my chest first, what I need. <laughs> then mm-hmm. I add in the other stuff after. Which is interesting because, you know, going back to talking about Grayson Bell, he's such a busy person and, you know, he, he does website stuff for me. And again, being very cognizant of that, I try not to put any of that fluff Mm-hmm. in my emails to him because I know he's, he's going through it, trying to do it as fast as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you know, I get an email back from him. If I, do you, is this something that you do? And he'll, he'll just send back a one word response. that says done. <laughs> <laughs> and because I know him and I know he's a really great person, you know, it, there is absolutely zero offense from that. And, and that's what he'll say. I'm really busy. You know, and yeah. he's like, I could do all those niceties, but then I can't do half the work I do. It's so much easier for me to just do it, say done. And I sign one back that says, thanks. And then done, you know, yeah. so, uh, but understanding that, you know, that's when he's working, he's in D mode. You know, he, he has, he has that very friendly, he can be a very friendly person. He's been at some of the 
blog retreats that I've been to, we have a great time when he's there, but when he's working, he's working. So that's that D in him where it's like, just get it done and move on. Yes. Yeah. I know Grayson from FinCon. Mm-hmm. He he does our website stuff too. And so we'll put, we'll put a link to his stuff in the show notes, but in person, he's hilarious and mm-hmm. he's very friendly and because maybe because we're at a conference and it's more relaxed setting, you know, he's, he's very, you know, he's a, he's a fun, funny guy. And, but then yes, emails very just to the point I'm working, get it done. Here you go. There it is. And, you know, and so just, just understanding people's different personalities and in the different situations too, what, what side of their personality is more likely to come out. And I think that just understanding that in the, our team members, in our customers and our clients and the people we serve that that will help us, you know, really with that connection and help go a long way and, and building those relationships, because at the end of the day, I mean, business is about building relationships and, and the more we connect with other people, and the more successful we are because the more we are able to help them. So anyway, this, this has been so fun to chat with you about the different personalities. And I've certainly learned a lot and working with you and chatting with this, chatting with you about this. So Karen, let everybody know where they can go to learn more about your services, what you offer, what you do, where can, where can people go? They can find pretty much everything they need on my website, which is kebemis.com. That's K-E-B-E-M-M-E-S.com. And I know you guys have my, have my links and all that stuff. That's really where you'll find. And I'm actually in the process of updating a lot of things. So there'll be some new things on the website if you've not been there before. Perfect. Wonderful. We will check it out. Thank you so much, Karen. This is always so fun chatting with you and geeking out about this personality stuff. I love it. But thank you so much for sharing this time with us today and coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I have had a blast and it's been so great catching up with you. I absolutely loved that conversation with Karen. It's just so fun to talk about personalities and figure out and understand why we are the way we are. Karen is such a sweetheart and working with her has definitely helped my team and I understand each other better. And having this knowledge about my team has helped me to consider which personality types are appropriate for each role as my team is growing rapidly. Now, Karen and I would love to know what your biggest takeaways are from this episode. You can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 118 or tag Karen and me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and she's at Moving Toward Better. I want to give a huge thank you once again to Karen for coming on the podcast and sharing her story and her wisdom with us. And Karen actually provided me with a special link to pass along to you with a discount to share with you if you're interested in getting your personalized DISC assessment. And I will put that link in the show notes. It's very cool. You take the DISC quiz, the questionnaire, then Karen puts together your actual DISC personality type with a full explanation. And she meets with you and goes over all of it in detail. You can ask whatever questions you want to know. It is so cool to dive into this stuff and better understand why you are the way you are and areas where you might need to pay attention to a little bit more, like we talked about in this interview, or what areas you can really focus on and excel out. So it's just, I think it's something that you should definitely consider doing to better understand your personality type. And she talks to you about how that coordinates with your relationships and your team members 
and how you can really use it to your advantage to help you grow in your business. As I said, you'll find all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 118, and you will find that special link there in the show notes. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then check out my free Facebook ads starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through these six simple steps for creating campaigns that convert. Plus, there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And this starter kit has been fully updated with all the changes that rolled out earlier this year for iOS 14. So you know exactly what you need to do in order to get started with Facebook and Instagram ads. And big news, Flourish with Facebook ads is now fully updated with all the changes for iOS 14 as well. So if you are ready to uplevel your business this year with Facebook and Instagram ads, this is the program that will walk you through exactly how to do just that. And you can learn more at monicalouie.com slash flourish. As I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes. And you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 118. Now, if you found this helpful, be sure to follow the show in your favorite podcast app so you can be notified when the next episode comes out. And if you've loved this episode or any of the episodes here on the Flourish Some Figures podcast, I would absolutely love for you to do me a favor and submit a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show or just share it with somebody that you know this episode will help. Either of those options will help get more eyes and ears on the podcast and help us get found by more people. So thank you in advance for doing that. Now remember, brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. We've got a ton of great interviews, inspiring guests, and some really fun solo shows coming your way in the coming weeks and months. So stay tuned. Be sure to follow the show in your favorite podcast app for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.